Dadhood. Modern Dadhood Podcast. We're together. It feels really weird. We haven't recorded like this in... Oh, it was it was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles event. March of 2020. That's right. Was our last time that we were together recording. Well, this is Modern Dadhood. It's an ongoing conversation about the joys, challenges, and general insanity of being a dad in this moment. My name's Adam Flaherty. I'm a dad of two daughters who are seven and four. And you? Me? I can hear the piece of paper that you're holding. Um, <clears throat> my name is Mark Checkett, and I am a dad to twin boy toddlers. I don't know if you've seen my shirt. You got a Modern Dadhood t-shirt on. I thought, what the heck? <laughs> I dig. Yeah. We want to make it very clear that we are not experts in fatherhood, despite what you might think. Even though we both sound like super duper smart. A few weeks ago, um, speaking about the, the expert or non-expert thing, uh, I was asked to participate in a, a live streamed interview for a group called The Partnerhood, which is run by a relationship counselor named Christy Thompson. She invited me to chat about my fatherhood experience and about our podcast, Modern Dadhood. Um, but I, I had to like chuckle and, and she laughed about it, too, because she's listened to the show. Uh, the series for The Partnerhood is called Ask the Expert. And she asked you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's great. But no, we are far from experts. But I will say, if you're interested in checking that out, checking out The Partnerhood, you can go to thepartnerhood.com or look up The Partnerhood on Facebook and Instagram. Today's guest is a a longtime friend and collaborator of mine. His name's Paul Ramsey. Paul's going to share a really interesting story, not about specifically being a dad, but about being a son. And uh, Paul's going to join us momentarily. I got to say, it feels very odd to have another human. Actually, there's there's two other humans in this room right now. And uh, it feels really weird. It feels a little it feels a little bit weird. I've not had a lot of guests inside this house in the last uh, year or so. Same here. Yeah. You you and your family came over to my place when we recorded the mom episode. Also felt weird a few weeks ago. It did feel a little bit weird, but Mm -hmm. I like the feeling. It feels weird. But it also, it's good and refreshing. Right. But I don't know. I Maybe this is just me, but I'm still a little bit, I don't know. I'm still like a little bit skeptical of the whole thing. Like, I don't, I almost don't want to get back to like total normal. Let's hang out at each other's houses. Let's go to bars. Let's go to concerts and whatnot. As much as I want to do all that stuff, I'm still like stay, keeping it all at arm's length because I'm just... Uh, kind of afraid that we're going to end up back in the same situation. And I don't want to be disappointed. Yeah. My kids need it for sure. I mean, you guys showed up and it was like Christmas for my kids. They were like, <laughs> somebody new. <laughs> yeah. I want to tell you everything that I know, <laughs> show you all of my stuff. Here's my entire life story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> three years compressed into three minutes, three minutes of screaming and jumping around and dancing. <laughs> no, it's good. I like seeing that kind of stuff, but I, I am still a little, little skeptical. Well, being in person means that we have our guest here with us while we're recording our intro, which is a little bit different than our typical workflow. But I think for me, it makes me want to just get into introducing our guest and starting this conversation a little bit sooner than maybe we normally would. Let's end his 
horribly awkward part, which has so far just been sitting and staring at us <laughs> talk to each other. Let's just let him, let's let him speak. <laughs> Paul, please. Hi. Nice. It's really, it's, it is delightful to be able to sit and just converse with people. Um, there hasn't been a lot of that for a while. It's, it's very cool. And I think every time now that I get together with people to talk, I think I'm going to have Adam come by and set up a bunch of microphones. You, you absolutely should. You <laughs> really definitely, should. Yeah. You know, it definitely makes it feel like totally normal. <laughs> it's totally, it's, it, it's, I, it's, that's how I live all the time. Yeah. So, yeah. so I'll formally introduce uh, my friend, Paul Ramsey. Paul is a certified hypnotist who does both stage hypnotism shows for colleges and corporate events, and he also does one-on-one hypnotism. He teaches self-hypnosis, he trains other people to be professional hypnotists, and he's an accomplished public speaker. On top of all of the other things that Paul does, he's also one of the most likable people that I know, and I'm proud to call him a friend. So, Paul... Uh, sincerely, like, thank you for, for Aww, joining us. For you're this. sweet. This thank you for having me. I was trying to think this morning as I was just sort of typing up an outline for this. I can't actually remember specifically when we met. I'm, I know that it goes back to the university yeah. The Where? university. <laughs> yes. What university are you speaking of? Paul was working at the University of New Hampshire when I was a student there, but I also worked for Res Life. You were a I was hall a hall director. director and you were an RA. I was an RA yeah. for a couple of years. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know, like, we never worked together in the same building. I can't remember when we, we actually We first... didn't. We, um, I remember seeing you, you know, at some of where they'd bring us all together. I remember... Uh, seeing you. And then when I left the university and I started my business, I got to a point where I needed some help with video production. Right. And I was asking around and your name came up and that's when we really, then we started actively getting to know each other. Then that was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We've, we've done some traveling together. We've done lots of filming and, um, I am very happy to have you in my life. Thank you. So speaking of traveling, You've been doing a lot of traveling in the last year or two. Yeah. And you recently came back to the area. We had lunch recently and you shared like a pretty captivating story with me. And to be honest, since the inception of the podcast, you've been one of the people who I've thought, I really want to have Paul involved in this and to have a conversation with him on the topic of fatherhood and the timing just really hasn't worked out in the past. So when you told me this story, I was like, I think we kind of decided together, like this is the right time to do that. Yeah. So I was telling you, typically Mark and I come into a conversation like this with lots of questions prepared and Mm -hmm. outlined, but, but I think it would be more fun to have you just kind of retell that story. Yeah. If you're open to that. Absolutely. Yeah. There's certain experiences that you have in life that, you know, are pretty, common. And then there are experiences that you think nobody could have possibly had this experience. So, you know, I think I'd like to think the story is sort of unique, but I bet it's probably not really, but it's still worth telling. Cause I don't think a lot of people have it, you know? So I, my mother married, uh, in her early twenties 
And she married, um, uh, my mother grew up in Michigan and she married a Canadian man and she went, she moved to Canada and, um, they divorced shortly after having me, but uh, I was, a you know, I think about a year old and, and they divorced my, my mother moved back to Michigan with me and, and lived in Michigan for a while and then decided she wanted to kind of make a fresh start, you know? And so, um, one of my aunts was living in New Hampshire and said, why don't you come out and, and I'll help you get your start. I'll help you find a job. And so my mom, who was, I think, 20, 25 at the time, didn't have a lot in, in terms of didn't have a job, didn't have possessions. It was just her and me. She asked two friends to to help her get from Michigan to New Hampshire. So they they had one of those old, it was almost like the, the mystery machine in Scooby-Doo. I have a picture of it. It's really cool. One of those old um, vans. And uh, they load what little she had into the van and us into the van. And they drive us from Michigan to New Hampshire. And how old are you? And I, I'm like, a, I'm like maybe a year and a half old. And so my mom gets a job working the front desk of a hotel up in uh, Littleton, New Hampshire. My, my biological father, um, he had, you know, visitation rights and stuff. And I think early on, I, I remember him taking me two times and I, I, you know, I was so little, I don't I really don't remember hardly anything about it. And that was it. And then my biological father just sort of disappeared from my life. He remarried. The woman he married had two daughters from her first marriage. They then had a son together um, and, and they sort of started their new life. So my mom moves to New Hampshire and starts her new life and they start their new life in Canada. And so my mom meets the man that I call my dad, because again, I was like, like two and a half when, yeah. when she met him. And so he's been around for so long that to me, he's just dad. Mm -hmm. So I get to about age seven and, um, my, my parents, my, my mom and my stepdad, they have a child. So now I have a little brother and, um, somehow it occurs to me that mom and dad and baby brother all have a different last name than me. And mm -hmm. so I go to them one day and I say, you know, what's the deal? What's like, the deal? how come my name is this and your name is this? And, and, um, and they explained to me, you know, the legal rim to a seven-year-old, yeah. the legal, legal ramifications of custody. And, and, um, I did not like that answer. And I got very upset and I was like, that's not fair. I'm part of the family. I should get out to have the same last name as everybody yeah. else. And they're like, you're right. So they sued my biological father for full custody. And, and under the, under the, premise really of like, he had had time to be involved and didn't want to. And like, okay, then let's just all kind of finish this up. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, uh, and he fought it though. Mm -hmm. And, and he actually won. My parents didn't have a lot of money then. Like, and so the lawyer, their lawyer, literally he's like, look, he's like, you don't want to keep fighting this. It's just going to cost you a bunch of money. And he's like, wait till Paul's 15. When he's 15, he can sue even as a minor. So that's what we did. So we waited until I was 15 and then we started the process again. And again, my biological father fought it. But between the first time yeah. that your, your, your mom sued and then when you were 15 and you tried to sue, did you guys have contact in no. that period? No, wow. never. Like, wow. Um, and he, and he yeah, it was a weird again. dynamic. Yeah. yeah. And again, there was no... My mom is so great. Like my mother's standing rule was anytime you want to know about your father, you can ask me whatever you want and I'll tell you. 
<laughs> like there's no secrets here. There's no, my, my mom did a really good job of never disparaging my birth father, like being an open book about that. I just didn't have a real need for that because I had this other man who was my dad Yeah, and, and we did everything that fathers and sons would do. And so there was really no feeling of void and there was very little curiosity when the curiosity did come up. It was always sort of like, if this guy's my dad, how come he doesn't even want to see me? It's hard to be angry at someone that you don't have a relationship with. Sure. You know, like, I think like when I was, when I was really young, there was like Inspector Gadget, right? And there was the, the villain in Inspector Gadget. All you ever saw was his hand petting the cat. Mr. Claw. Mr. Claw, right? Do- like, was it Dr. Claw? Dr. Dr. Claw? Claw? Yeah. Captain yeah, he, Claw? I don't he, know, had, he had the mechanical claw. Yeah. I think it was Dr. Claw. Yeah. yeah. It's like, how do you get mad? Like really mad at someone that you don't even know. It's an idea in your head is right. all it is. My biological father is out there somewhere and he's been unkind. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't, for me, maybe for other people, it's easy to stay mad about stuff. But for me, it was hard to sustain that. So 15, um, you know, we sue again and he's sort of trying to, talk me out of it just a little bit, you know, and, um, sends me a, sends me a a card at one point with pictures of my half brother from his second marriage who Mm. looked just like me when I was, when I was that age. And it was really weird. I was a pretty articulate kid and I just wrote him a letter and I was like, look, I don't want to be disrespectful, but I just need to lay this all out. And it just said basically like, look, like I can understand why you would want to, you'd want your son to have your name. And I know that biologically I am your son, but I need you to think about the idea that for real purposes, I'm not really like, we don't do anything. We don't hang out. Like I have this man who is functioning as my dad and I want to be able to have my family's name. And I, I just don't see why that's so much to ask. And I just sort of laid it out like that. And I sent it to him and he signed the paperwork. And then once that happened, then it was really like, no contact. And so, you know, you go through, that's from 15, go all the way through my twenties, my thirties. And then, uh, in my early forties, I got an email one day, uh, Hey, I'm your half brother. Oh, wow. And, uh, I've moved from Canada down to the United States and I, I found you online and uh, I see that you're an entertainer and you travel. And so if you're ever, and he told me where he lived and he said, if you're ever in that area, I'd love to meet you sometime. And I was like, yeah, okay. Were you curious about your half brother during that time or were you, I, were you pretty comfortable? <laughs> turning I really that off wasn't. I, and again, this is where, you know, people listening to this may have very different kind of images or ideas in their head. But to me, they were they were just strangers. They were right. just yeah. people who lived somewhere else and had a different life. You know, and I had my, my younger brother, we had been in a, a family unit since I was two and a half or three years mm-hmm. old, you know? And then my brother came along when I was seven and, and like, we just had everything families had. Yeah. So there was no void. There was no <laughs> thing to make me go. I need something else. When my biological father sent me the picture of, of course, there's some curiosity. Then I look at this picture and it almost looks like a picture of me Mm -hmm. from when I was nine, you know, but again, like my, my life was whole, my life was, you know, good. So, you know, this, this guy reaches out to me 
And I think, gosh, it's, it's really nice of you. And I was like, so if I get a show, I'll do it. So it took about probably three years. And then I did end up going to where he lived. And so I did. I, I reached out to him. I said, hey, I'm, I'm in your area. Can you describe what it was like when you first saw each other? So I, I meet him in a restaurant. He comes up, you know, like I'm a big dude. And he was like ripped and right off. I was like, well, shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he was like, but he, he was bald like me. He was completely bald. I, I couldn't I couldn't say that he necessarily he, he looked like he could be my brother, I guess. But, it was, you know, sometimes you see brothers and you're like, oh, yeah, they're brothers. Right, like, right, right, yeah. It wasn't like that. And, and, and that was a weird experience, definitely. Okay. Like to sit down in this booth in a restaurant and start doing kind of like the small talk. And then we're getting going. And about 10 minutes into it, all of his body language changed. Mm-hmm. And he went from looking right at me to he literally turned in the booth seat, turned on an angle um, crossed his arms, like classic body language stuff of, yeah. of, 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 of like something's not going well. Yeah. And being the, the hypnotist and the personal development guy that I am, I'm noting all this stuff and I'm like, what's going on? Like we're having a very pleasant, polite conversation. Yeah. Why is he reacting this way? Mm-hmm. Finally, he says out loud, he goes, this is just really weird for me. And I said, well, tell me more about that. Like how so? And he, and he looks at me and he goes, you look just like him. I went, your dad? And he goes, yeah. He goes, you look just like him. Wow. And I, and of course I wouldn't know that because right. I hadn't, you know, I hadn't seen the guy since I was two or whatever, you know, like, wow. and, and I go, oh, and then right away I'm like, oh, well that would be weird to have that experience. Right. Of feeling like you're sitting across from your own father at age 44 instead yeah. of his current, you know, I go, yeah, I can see how that'd be weird. I'm sorry if that makes you uncomfortable. He's like, I'll get over it. And then it sort of warmed up from there once he got it off his chest. So finally, there's a point where he goes, he goes, you know, um, I told dad that I was going to meet with you today. And I said, I said, yeah, I figured you might. He goes, he, he, he said that if it goes well, he's hoping that maybe you'd want to meet with him sometime. And I said, I got to tell you, man, like, I just don't think that's going to happen. And he goes, (laughs) well, just why? And I said, listen, he may as well just be like a strange, like if I walk out of this restaurant right now and I walk past 30 men, he may as well be any of them. Right. I was like, I don't have any kind of relationship with this man other than knowing that he's my biological father. Right. I said, and so like, I, I hope I wish him long life and good health. And I hope that you're happy in your relationship with him and that he's happy and I go, you know, I got no grudge or anything about that. I said, I, I have a dad, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and I think that's one of the big takeaways is just the classic thing that runs through our culture, right? Of like blood is thicker than water and that mm-hmm. kind of, and you're like, says who? Right. That's a very romantic notion. But when you think about some of the relationships that people in your life have had, I think choosing the the loving relationships that you have in your life is so much more important than any kind of genetic relationship, yeah, right? Like, right. you know, you, you choose people that lift you up and you stick with people who are good to you. And, and again, not that he was even bad to me. It's just that there is, there was no relationship. Yeah. And, and he was cool about it. He was, he was like, all right, I get it. He's like, I understand. Pressure. You, you didn't, know, didn't he pressure not at all. Not, not only did he not pressure, didn't judge was like, no, he was really cool about being like, I can understand that. I can see that. 
Yeah. If, if a meeting with your biological dad would not have been anything for you, I mean, you didn't owe him anything either. Even if he was seeking some sort of fulfillment or some sort of closure or whatever it was, yeah. like, you don't have to go out of your way to do that. You don't right. owe him anything. When I reflected on it, Adam, I thought that's the only thing I could have chosen it for is I could have said, just for the sake of trying to be compassionate to another human being, I guess I could have said, I'll give that to him. But it wasn't presented. But that it way wasn't going to gonna do anything for me that way. And it wasn't presented exactly, Mark. It wasn't presented to me as like, he really needs this. So that was that. And then another three years, I think, went by. And um, when the pandemic hit, coincidentally, right before the pandemic got going, I decided that uh, I was going to sell my house and I was going to kind of live the nomad life. And I, hmm. so I, I sold my house. I got rid of 90% of what I owned. I bought a truck and a travel trailer Whoa. and I just started heading West and uh, I was going to figure out how to keep my career going and like find RV parks to stay at near major airports so that when I needed to travel, I could just hop a plane and get where I needed to be. Well, then the pandemic hit and there was no, there was no entertainment anymore. Right. So, so then it was like, well, I'm just going to almost like take a sabbatical year kind of. And, and I was, I was out in Arizona and I was driving to run some errands and, uh, my, my phone dings and I look and it's a text from my half brother. And he says, Hey, I just, I want to let you know that dad passed away this morning. And I was like, Oh gosh, no, heartache for me there because there's no relationship, but a feeling of genuine compassion for him. Sure. Like, wow, I'm sorry your dad died. So I called Yeah. and uh, he didn't answer. And, and so I left him a voicemail and I just said, Hey, I'm, I'm really sorry that your dad passed. And um, you know, again, I know I told you this before, but it was a while ago. I just want to remind you, like, I, I have no, I take no pleasure in that. I have no animosity toward him. And, and I'm really sorry for your loss. And, and I don't know how I could possibly help you, but if there's some way that I could help you, I want you to call me and, and let me know. <clears throat> About um, 15 minutes later, he called me and we talked and, and he hadn't even checked the voicemail. And so I told him again what I had left on the voicemail. <laughs> and then said, don't listen to the, yeah, voicemail. Said, don't listen to the voicemail. <laughs> and and, he, and he, was, he was really cool. He was really He's like, thank you so much. And, and I get off the phone and I'm driving. So I'm kind of tra- trapped a little bit, right? I don't think it would have mattered if I was driving or not. Like, the natural thing is then like, you're not talking anymore. You're on your own. And I sat there and I was like, should I be sad right now? <laughs> I was like, you still, you can't help me. You're like, am I a bad person for not feeling bad that this, that my biological father has passed? Like you start sort of running through all of that, sure. you know? And, yeah. and I was like, and so I literally, I called my best friend from college on the phone. And I said, Hey, my biological father just died. And he goes, Oh, and he knew. And he goes, how do you feel about that? And I go, well, that's why I'm calling you because I don't, I need somebody to process. I was like, I don't really feel anything. I, you may as well have said, Hey, Paul, did you know someone died on main street in, you know, today? Like, right. like just a person, you know, like it was a stranger. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I was talking, he goes, no, that makes sense to me. And he, and he said, he goes, you've always told me that you and your dad didn't have a relationship. I was like, yeah, but he's still my dad. I was like, am I callous for not mm-hmm. honoring this whole blood over water thing? Right. Am I, am, and he's like, no, he's like, no way. He's like, either you have a relationship with another human being or you don't. Right. 
right? Like, and that relationship can't just be defined by what society says it should be. Like, it's what you bring. It's what each person brings to the relationship. He's like, and neither one of you brought anything to that relationship. Right. And I was like, right. And he goes, absolutely. He's like, so what are you going to do with the rest of your day? <laughs> it's like, come on. And he, <laughs> and he goes, all right, I'm kind of joking. He goes, but he goes, no, seriously. He's like, what could you possibly do? He goes, it may as well be somebody on the other side of the planet died and someone happened to call and tell you. Yeah. You know? And I was like, yeah, that's sort of how it feels. I got on the, I got on the phone and I, I called my mom and, um, and I said, Hey, I just want to let you know that, uh, that my biological father died today. And she literally, she goes, Oh, it had been, and that was interesting. 40 something years. Yeah. Right. Since yeah. they had any, yeah, no contact. Yeah. Thank you for telling me. And that was it. When you first shared with me this story, you told me that one of the things that your half brother told you was that in his house growing up, there were photos of you. That's right. That's funny. I forgot about that, Adam. Thank you. So when I was a kid, my grandparents on my father's side of the family, my biological father's side of the family, I never knew them, but they would, without fail, every year I'd get a birthday card from them and a Mm. Christmas card from them every year. And so I would always have my mom send them back a letter and she would always stick one of you know your school photos. Yeah. She would always stick a school photo in the letter every year that I would send back to them. I always thought that was just going to them because I in my mind sure. I had a relationship with them. Well, of course, now it makes sense to me as an adult. They were just sending the photo on to my father. Mm. So my half brother told me when I met with him, he said when you'd go into the house, you walk in the front door, like many homes who have sort of a front entrance, there would there was a table along the wall, like kind of where you throw your keys, you know? Mm-hmm. And he said that every day when he would walk in the front door of the house, there was a picture of me in a frame on that table. Mm. And, and he talked about how weird that was. Yeah, to it must have be this. such an odd thing yeah. to walk in and see that. Yeah. And he said that every year on my birthday, when I was really little, um, they call me PJ, Paul James. Hmm. Every year on my birthday, they would say it's PJ's birthday today. As if they were like mm-hmm. observing a federal holiday or something, you know? Hmm. And, and I was like, come on. He goes, no, I swear to God. He goes, that picture got updated every year. It had the same spot every year. The new picture went in. He said every year it's PJ's birthday. He's like, there were certain things. He goes, you were talked about regularly as if you were part of the family and here, none of us had ever met you. He's like, my mom never met you. My sisters never met you. I never met you. It's an interesting thought that, that your biological father lived his life with memories. He had memories of you being born and of you for the first couple of years. And, and, And that that's interesting enough when you think about it compared to you who have no, no memories. You left, at such an early age, you didn't even have the time to formulate, you know, anything that's going to stick. And then yet here's this half brother who never met you. He ends up growing up with memories of you also. And even still, you're none the wiser until you, until, until your conversation years later with him. The other component to this is I became a stepfather 
at age 40. Hmm. When I became a stepfather, uh, my stepson was five years old. And so um, this, it, it was uh, the running joke. I always told people was it felt like I ran to Walmart and bought a kid one day. Cause <laughs> I went from not having any children. All of a sudden I have this five-year-old running yeah. around. Which aisle is that? Yeah. yeah this is, <laughs> You have to, you have to do pickup online. Yeah. Um, okay. so, <laughs> makes sense. And so he comes into my life at age five and my learning curve is just so steep, right? Like I have to learn so fast because yeah. I want to be a good dad. Right. And so I'm, I'm like working at it and working at it and messing up a lot, but understanding that that's okay. That's just part of fatherhood, right. Mm-hmm. A, a parenting. And, um, and then the relationship just doesn't last. And so, mm-hmm. Um, five years later, uh, you know, we go our separate ways. We have a, thankfully a very amicable, um, separation and he goes back with his mom to where they originally were from. And I don't, I don't have him. And, Mm. and so I was two years into that relationship when I met with the half brother and, and then that relationship ended and now just this past spring, my biological father passes. And so this real sort of final kind of ribbon tying on that whole process is, is it makes me realize that there's an incredible learning experience there of like, I have this perspective of what it was like to have a father who, for whatever reasons he had, chose to not stay involved in my life. Mm-hmm. And now I'm the stepfather who can choose to be involved or not be involved in my stepson's mm-hmm. life. And then it, it find, that's where the real compassion piece did come in for my biological father was I thought I just always made it this really reductive, simple thing of like, well, he could have came and saw me if he wanted to. It's not as simple as you want to make it be right. There's a lot of choices mm-hmm. that have to get made. And, and the thing that comes back to the idea of like, I don't buy into that thing anymore of, you know, you can't, choose your family, but you can choose your, I'm like, no, you can choose your family. (laughs) Like you designate the status of your relationships. One of the things that, that is becoming more clear, the more different types of people that I talk to is that there's no one definition of like, this is what a family is. Yeah, You know, it, there's, there's a lot to it. There's a lot more to it. Uh, And there are a lot of different types of families and a lot of different types of relationships that don't fall into the, what, maybe at one time would have been considered like the normal, whatever family yeah. unit more than ever now. Yeah. Right. Like so many people are hurting and are like, there's so much stuff going on in the world and so many people. Mm. And I'm like, why don't we just have more and more people saying, you know what? Like I need to be adopted <laughs> like in, in the, in the playful way that, but in also in a very serious way, right? Like yeah. I need to adopt a brother. I need to adopt a sister. I need to, I need an uncle yeah. or I need to be an uncle for someone, or I need yeah. to be a brother or a sister for someone. You know, you, you, if you want to get hung up on the legalities of it yeah. and, and the rules, because that's the model that you live your life by fine. But I'm just talking about the idea that like more than ever, like people just need to be loved. Considering this idea that family is however you define it for yourself, how would you define the term fatherhood? What does fatherhood mean to Paul Ramsey? I think it's a choice. Fatherhood for a lot of people is a sort of like a task. Like, what do I got to do 
to be a, you know, I do, I got to change diapers and all this different guy. But I'm like, there's plenty of people who brought a child into the world and they're mm-hmm. not really being a parent. Yeah. Right. So to me that it's a choice that I am going to enter into fatherhood. just we just i don't know if you know but we just wrapped with paul we're done yeah i'm, I'm not sure if you were aware of that well you the music the asleep. music came up and you kind of fell asleep at the end there was a natural thing with the yeah. music and yeah so this is where we do the recurring segment if that's well that's what i'm getting at do you got one i do well give it to me i have a uh <clears throat> hold on uh-huh. mark i would love for you to deliver another enthralling installation uh, enthralling and throbbing not uh, captivating mark i would love for you to deliver us another enthralling enthralling installment of did i just say that out loud all right let's have it all right and i think this is a classic example of a thing was happening and i blurted out words a little bit faster than my brain could even process like exactly what was going on. Okay. So here's what I said. Don't put your straw on your penis or else you can't eat it. Oh, okay. And I realize you, you hear that and you, uh, it's very unclear as to what you can't eat it. Right. Because he's not going to eat the straw. The, 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 what the it refers to is very unclear. The straw also taints the penis. It's sort of six of one, half dozen of the other, okay. really. But uh, no, we just got these new bendy, like silicone straws. And don't ask me why, but oftentimes at the dinner table, there's there's a lot of nudity. I hear it. Okay. you Yeah, you know, this happens at your house. Uh, but I saw it like I saw something happening. And I just I blurted out words to try to stop the thing from happening. And I was trying to say, like, if you put the straw down there in your nether regions, it's probably not a good thing to then after that, put that straw back in your drink or put it back in your mouth. Well, what was what was happening was he was chewing on it. All right. So that was the eating it. part. So that's where that's where. Yeah, that's where in the, the 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 quickness and craziness of the moment, that's where my 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 mouth said, eat it. Because he, would, I just witnessed him chewing on the straw. What was the liquid that the straw was going into in the cup, though? Milk? I don't think it was milk. <laughs> no, it definitely wasn't milk. We often have uh, mocktails at dinner time. Oh yeah, you said a, this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's, it's tangeray. <laughs> it's yeah. That's my drink is just pure tangeray. But what they have uh, is a seltzer, and it could be any flavor, like Yeti mischief. That's a polar flavor if you're not familiar. We have, we do the unicorn fingernails or whatever it's called. <laughs> Something yeah, like that. Yeah, no, it's unicorn fingernails. That's it. I actually think it might be. I don't know. I don't think fingernails. If it is, that's not great. Polar can pay pay us money if they want us to get the fucking names. Exactly, right. right. Yeah. So yeah, my kids were drinking Yeti asshole. <laughs> okay. And uh cranberry and then lime. So that's probably what they were having uh, at the time. But the straws are new, and so there's a lot of, like, tactile, like, let me figure out everything I can about this new straw. Sometimes you got to explore with some different tools, right? And at the very least, i got to 
I got a sentence for did I just say that out loud? That's a winner. It's a winner. We're at the end again. Now what do we do? I think we do the end credits. End credits. Dads, you can find us at moderndadhood.com on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon, Overcast, Pocket Casts, other casts. Yeti Yeti casts. Unicorn casts. Yeah. Wherever you listen, please subscribe and give us a quick rating and review. And uh, please remember, if you really like Modern Dadhood, tell a friend. Word of mouth really goes a lot farther than any of these other silly things that we ask you to do. What do you think about following us on, on Instagram and Facebook? What do you think about that, Adam? I already do it. What, do you about, what about subscribing on YouTube? I subscribe everywhere. If you like Modern Dadhood and you feel like wearing a logo on your chest, we sell Modern Dadhood t-shirts and dad hoodies on our website, moderndadhood.com. Can you hear my (laughs) t-shirt? Purchase me. (laughs) May I thank a couple people? I'd love to thank Casper Baby Pants and Spencer Albee for our music that we use on the on the show. It's wonderful. Also to Pete Morse. I don't know if you know about him, but he's at Red Vault Audio. Oh, also, you know who else I'd like to thank? Paul Ramsey, our guest. Thank you, Paul, for joining us today. It really was a pleasure talking with you. Last but not least, thank Blue for... Ah, I screwed it up. Thank you for listening. Podcast. <laughs> Does it matter?